This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Millions of smartphones are stolen each year, and the risks go beyond just losing a phone. Do you know how to protect yourself? What really goes on when people and their phones part company? A lot of people say theft, 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 and that may end up being the case, but often it starts with you forgetting your phone somewhere. Then, it surrounds the planet and it sustains us. But, does the water we drink now hold the risk of death and disease? We'll have the disturbing facts. Our water treatment plants are often 50 to 100 years old, and... Perhaps the most daunting challenge is the pipes that that water goes into before it gets to our house. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Every year, over 3 million smartphones are stolen, according to Consumer Reports. And once a bad guy has your phone, it can also put you at risk for identity theft. Our next guest has some great tips to help you avoid these disasters. He's Mike Geekis, Senior Electronics Editor at Consumer Reports. Mike, you suggest five steps that everyone with a smartphone should take to protect themselves. What's the first step in this process? Well, the first step is to make sure that you have a powerful or very strong password to prevent the thieves from getting behind the lock screen of your phone where your whole life is. Many phones use a four-digit PIN, and it's always numbers. How hard can you make that, you know? Right. The default setting is usually a four-digit PIN, and consumers, if they use it at all, often take the easy way out by typing in something that's easy to remember or easy to type, like 0000 or 1234 or the year, and it's very easy, obviously, for a thief to figure that out. The trick is to choose a password, and all phones provide that option that involves at least six to eight letters, numbers, and maybe a symbol or two. And a lot of people may shy away from that, figuring it might be a hassle, but believe me, after a while, it's very easy to master, and you won't think about it at all. Some phones, I guess, come with a fingerprint reader. Is that something that's... That's right. The iPhone 5S and the Galaxy S5 come with fingerprint readers, which can spare you the hassle of having to type in a number. So that's actually a good step forward. The other advantage of having this level of security, often when you select passwords as a way to lock your screen, the phone as a backup will give someone only so many tries to unlock the phone and then automatically erase the data. It'll assume that something's wrong. Usually 10 or maybe fewer attempts to unlock the screen. So it's not like the thief is going to have all day to figure out what the right combination is. Okay, very good. What's the second step to uh, protect the smartphone? Again, this is built into all phones, although you have to do a little work, and that is to use a Find My Phone app. As the name implies, It uses the phone's GPS, and if you and your phone ever part company, you can go to another computer or even another phone and locate it on a map. And from there, you have the option of also deleting all the content on it when you know or think that you're never going to get that phone in your hands again. It's free. That's the best part. But it's not on by default. 
you have to take a few steps to set it up. Mike, what's the next step in your process here? Next step is a low-tech approach, but it has something to do with what really goes on when people and their phones part company. A lot of people say theft, 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 and that may end up being the case, but often it starts with you forgetting your phone somewhere. How many times have people left the phone on a counter in a restaurant or in a taxi cab, and there still is a very good chance that an honest person is going to find it. And what they want to do is bring that phone back to you to give them at least one crumb in the trail back to you, put your email address or maybe your work number to tape it to the back of your phone. Maybe use a laser printer to type it neatly, and we found using the clear shipping tape is a good way to secure it there. And the good thing about taping a note to the phone, as opposed to some phones like Androids, for example, lets you leave that information on the lock screen. What if your phone's battery is dead or near dead? This information will show up whether your phone has a battery charge or not. That's a great tip. Mike, what's the next step? All phones have a unique ID number on them. It's like a serial number, but it's a little better. It's a number called IMEI or MEID, and what that is, it's typically 15 digits. That ID can be read by a carrier, so if carriers are trying to discourage theft by saying if your phone is stolen, we'll lock it out of the system. That's the number that they use to know that it's a stolen phone. The other reason you'd want to keep that ID number handy to write it down, it's very easy to find it. It's usually on the box your phone came in. Sometimes it's on the bottom of your phone, or you can look it up in settings. Again, at consumerreports.org, we show you how to find it. But the other reason you may want it is if the police do find your phone, often they ask you to give them that number so that they can make sure it's your phone. We're talking on InfoTrack with Mike Geekis, Senior Electronics Editor at Consumer Reports, and he's sharing some steps to take to protect your smartphone from theft or to protect you from identity theft. If, in the worst-case scenario, a phone is stolen or lost, what are some of the steps that somebody should take to minimize the damage? The three strategies are you want to protect your personal information, and that may mean if it is really stolen or it's not coming back, you want to be able to erase that information through the Find My Phone apps okay. or the passwords. The other thing you want to do is you want to cover the bases by calling financial institutions, changing all the passwords anyway. I mean, you can hope that you were successful in blocking your personal information, but what you got to do is go to a computer, starting with the financial and shopping apps you had on that phone, like Amazon or your banking passwords that if you were performing transactions through your phone, change them right away, and also call those institutions to let them know that your phone's lost and there might be possible theft. Not only do they appreciate it, but that may help you in the future fight any fraudulent charges that may occur on your account. Also, report the loss to the police, even if you don't think you're going to get it back. And the reason why the police report is important, even if you're reporting it to the police in a location that's not your area, not your neighborhood or where it was stolen, is a lot of the credit reporting agencies demand the police report before they put a freeze on your accounts, which you need. Having that police report will also help if you want to dispute any fraudulent charges. It'll make your case that much easier. Why would people 
be encouraged to save their passwords on a phone? Why wouldn't they just enter them every time? Wouldn't that be more secure? Again, for the same reason they always pick easy PIN numbers. Okay. For the They're lazy. Yeah. I think with the banking apps, they make you type in a PIN oh. all the time. Facebook, all of your email accounts. And once they have your email account, they can look in, they can see transactions, maybe correspondence between you and your bank. Sometimes it's scary. When I order something online, sometimes a merchant sends back the confirmation with a lot of details, even sometimes my credit card number in the email. That's a way in. And again, once you have them set up on your phone, if somebody's past the locked screen, they're in. There's nothing to stop them. Now, Mike, you have an interesting suggestion in all of these tips, which is if you recover your phone, you should wipe it clean anyway. Explain why that would be. Well, you and your phone haven't seen each other for a while, and you don't know what's happened. But it could be possible that the person returning it to you or someone who had it before that person found it may have put some malware on there or some things that may be tracking you or monitoring your keystrokes or doing even more damage to you than you could think. So just to err on the side of safety, erase everything. The good thing about smartphones is most of the data they have on them is already backed up there on accounts, right? Your email, calendar appointments, Facebook, all of these things are already backed up somewhere else, so you don't have to worry about losing that information. The one thing you may lose are photographs, which is another thing that we recommend during setup, is make sure in your phone settings you find a way to back up pictures as you take them, and videos too, and that again, there are free options for that. We cover that at ConsumerReports.org. But when you and your phone are happily reunited, you want to start off on a clean slate, literally. Mike, this is all really great advice, and we appreciate it. Mike Geekus, Senior Electronics Editor at Consumer Reports. And you can learn a lot more about protecting your smartphone and all sorts of other good information at ConsumerReports.org. Mike, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. My pleasure. Next, could your drinking water actually be a health risk? A doctor shares his startling views. Coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.